you, EBO? He is on the live line, a proud native of Branson, Missouri. Shane Scholler would like to be your next Secretary of State. Good morning, Shane. Hey, good morning. How are you? Doing well. How are you? I'm doing okay. So you have decided to just dip your toe in the water, huh? Yes, <laughs> good or bad, I've decided to do that. That's right. Okay, why? That's what I always want to know. Why? Why politics? Well, I think it's important that we have a Secretary of State who understands the role, and especially having been a county clerk now for the past going on 10 years now, um, I think it's important that someone that understands elections, especially when a lot of people have questions about the integrity of elections and how they're run. Um, I come ready day one to be able to come alongside our local election authorities to be able to help them and help them do their job and be able to ensure that when people um, go to vote, they know their elections are secure accurate and fair okay and i'm just wondering if you think they haven't been because i i don't know anybody who's had had a problem with missouri elections thus far i think overall people are pleased with missouri elections but from the national um oh, you know that's different and so you see that beginning to seep into the minds of voters and there's a lot of questions you know for example there's a lot of people that have questions about you know, the integrity of the, of the tabulation machines and whether or not we can trust them. And so I think it's important that we have someone who understands, you know, that there's a rigid process that goes into, you know, the tabulation equipment and making sure that we actually, you know, not only continue that, but look for ways to continue to improve on that. And one of the ways that we can improve our election integrity here in the state of Missouri is the absentee ballots when they're returned by mail. Um, almost every election authority I know of currently checks the signature on the outer envelope, but that's not currently in state law. And that's one of those things where if someone did choose to not check that signature, especially if they were doing that for a nefarious purpose, we need to have that in our state law so those individual or individuals can be held accountable. And those are the types of things that, having been an election authority here in Greene County for um, the past 10 years, I understand that very well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, yeah, and I mean, Missouri's a big state. We've got we've to make sure our elections are safe, that's for sure. I think voter ID is the best thing we could do in the entire nation, and no one should be able to mail in a ballot unless they have a valid reason for not being able to get to the poll, period. Right, making sure that the not that that is unless they're um, sick and cannot attain a notary that that um, envelope is notarized so that at least there's someone IDing that individual and who they are. And in, when I was in the Missouri legislature, I was there for three terms. I carried voter ID because I'm a firm believer that we need you know either the driver's license or your passport, but we need something that is extremely hard to counterfeit. Because all those past paper forms of documentation were too easy to counterfeit. If someone did want to take advantage of that and be able to tip the outcome of an election, let's make it a lot harder for them than it was previously. Okay, so anytime somebody wants to run for office and we talk about voting, voter ID, and even age of voting, Nancy Pelosi is famously known for saying she wants 16-year-olds to vote when they can't even wear the same colored socks. How do you, how do you feel about voting age? You know, I was pleased to begin voting when I was 18. I haven't seen any reason to change it at this time. I certainly want, you know, people um, at the early stage you can to become interested in terms of why it is important to vote and the purpose of voting. Um, but as you may recall, the reason it was changed to 18 was because of, you know, the young men that were going off the Vietnam War, and there was a belief that they were going to fight for us 
you know, overseas, they have the right to vote. And I certainly think that that was something that we could all get behind support. But I think we need to be very careful as we think about lowering the voting age and making sure that that is the right thing to do, because I certainly um, currently am not in favor of that, have not heard arguments that would sway me that that is the right thing to do. No, hard stop. Hell no. No. Nobody (laughs) under 18 votes, but they should also be able to have a beer if they're going to war. I'm I'm opposed to that as well. All right. I I think they should be able to, if if they're going to fight for this country, they should be able to do anything a grown man at the age of 21 can do. You're putting your life on the line. Knock yourself out. All right. um, Paperless voting freaks me out a little bit because computers... You know, as trustworthy as they are and as much as we rely on them, they they screw up. Right, and that's why you always have to have a paper ballot. You always have to have a paper trail. Um, you know, when we went to look at our new election equipment that we purchased in 2018 for Green County, we wanted to make sure that there was a physical ballot that people could hold. For example, even the accessible voting equipment, which is required by federal law for all federal elections, I want people to be able to have a ballot that they could actually cast into the tabulation equipment just like everyone else. Previous to that, the technology did not allow that, so people could see their ballot but never got to actually see the ballot or actually hold the ballot. It just scrolled up into the accessible voting equipment at that time. And then when you, if you understand the tabulation equipment, we pre-test a test deck on every piece of tabulation equipment that is there on the day of the election as well as the absentee voting equipment um, that we use to tabulate the absentee ballots. And so, for example, in 2020, people may, or I guess it was 2022, we had, if you remember, we had the, the uh, race for the U.S. Senate when Senator Blunt retired in 2022. Mm-hmm. There were a number of Republicans ran for U.S. Senate and a number of Democrats ran for U.S. Senate. Just in Green County alone, because all the different variations of how that ballot can be tabulated, it took us for just a machine for the county of Green, the entire county, like an absentee machine, took us 25 hours to test that machine. And that's a bipartisan team that's doing that. People that we we call, they come in, they test that for us. That's not just done by our office, but it's done by citizens who help do that. And then after the election, we do the exact same thing. And then we go through, and we actually do a random count. We do no less than five precincts here in Greene County, which is 5% of the total precincts on the day of the election. And we go through, and in federal elections, we're counting a statewide race. We're counting a legislative race, whether it's for Congress, the Missouri General Assembly. We're counting a judiciary race, whether it's the circuit, appellate, or Supreme Court for the state. We're counting an issue, and then we're counting one for the county itself. All of those are hand-counted, and then compared to the tape, that the machine printed on the day of the election to make sure it accurately tabulated. And now in my 10th year as the county clerk, I've had yet, I've had ties, and I've had one vote outcomes, I've had yet to have a hand count overturn the machine count. But we have to always test them. We cannot put blind faith in them because you're right. Things, for example, there's a human error. Sometimes there's a programming error, and that alone can tip the outcome of the election. You want to make sure that we're always being vigilant to catch that. Well, the one thing I worry about at voting polls is uh, notoriously we heard rumors that some Democrats were signing up or registering as Republicans so they could be the ones watching over their own party at the polls. Oh, security I'm so glad joke. You- I'm so glad you mentioned that. One of the things I did, I was the president of our county clerk association in 2021-2022. I had actually went to um, our local state rep at the time, Curtis Trent. He's now in the state Senate. I said, one of the challenges we have 
as election authorities is that very issue you mentioned is in denser populated areas. The election authorities have a hard time finding Republicans. In the rural areas, they have a hard time finding Democrats. I said, right now, if a Green County voter wants to go serve in another county, they have to get my permission to do, to do that. So what we did is the election integrity bill removed that barrier. So if you're eligible to be an election judge in Green County, you can go to another county and do the same. The reason I mention that is we know in some of the denser areas like St. Louis and Kansas City, there are counties around there that have a surplus of Republicans. I want to work with our state party chairs and our county party chairs and say, let's figure out how we can make sure we have true bipartisanship in the polling locations and in rural Missouri, too. If you don't have enough Democrats, I want to work with their state party chair and their local party chairs to make sure we have true bipartisanship because that's where the integrity happens because you have to be transparent, you have to be open, but you want to make sure you have the Republican Democrat sitting there together versus a person that's a Republican or Democrat name only. So I'm yeah. glad you mentioned that's something I'm very passionate about. Well, me too, and I don't like liars. So <laughs> there's that. So if yes. you're if you're lying to oversee an election, then you must have a nefarious reason for wanting to do that. Well, and part of the challenge is is that an election authority has to have two people there to serve a voter. And so what a lot of people don't know is the party chair in each county on December 10th, the year of a general election, they're supposed to give their election authority a list of twice the number of people needed for their party to actually serve a November general election. And I'm just going to tell you, Pam, that does not happen here across our state. Um, and I'm not being critical, but I, when I talk to school committees, I continue to remind them part of your duty is to help find people that you know in your neighborhoods, your precincts, your church, your place of work, to be election judges in daily elections so we can have that partnership. And then we want watchers. We want challengers. We want as many eyes on the process as we can to make sure that people have faith. For example, in 2020, we had a race for the legislature that um, for the 135th. There were 76 votes that separated the top two candidates. I called both of them. I called the party chairs. I called the media. We brought in all the ballots were cast for that state legislative district. Almost 18,000 ballots were cast. We literally had Republicans and Democrats because the party chairs brought them all in. The media was able to be there. The public was able to be there. They literally hand-counted to make sure that machine had actually tabulated it. But I wanted to make sure we had real bipartisanship there, and so we really rolled our sleeves to get that done. So when we certified the election. No one had any doubt about the outcome even when it was that close. Well, elections are going to take an entire year if we do that in every single precinct. So we have, no, to, that, we have to figure that, out how to streamline that. Well, that was because the margin of error was less than one-half of one percent. Right. Yeah. When you have that margin, that's when a candidate has the right to be able to ask recount. for a recount. But in our situation, because the entire legislative district was in Green County, I was able to do that before we certified the election so that they didn't even have to go to court. I wanted to make that a... And so, but anytime you have less than one half of one percent, it can't, does have the right to call for a recount. Okay. And you keep bringing up Green County. Obviously, that's where Branson is. Um, yep. The state of Missouri is a, a big old boiled egg compared to that. So you're ready for the state scene. You got about a minute left. Yeah, absolutely. I'm a firm believer that we have a tremendous state. You know, serving the legislature, I was the speaker pro tem, got to travel the state then. My first job out of college was working for Senator John Ashcroft and traveling the state, doing his listing post during that period of time. 
you really come to appreciate our state and the beauty of it and the diversity of it. And it's important that everyone knows that when I um, have the opportunity to serve the Secretary of State, that I'm going to be conscious about every part of the state making sure they get served and served well. He's wanting to get his name out there. His name's Shane Scholler. He's out of Greene County, and he is um, the Branson area, and he is running for Secretary of State. You'll see his name on the ballot coming up in the primary, and we'll see what happens. Shane, good luck. Hey, thanks so much. Thanks for having me on the show this morning. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Take care, sir. Good luck. Bye-bye. Take care.